So my question for you this morning is, is the message of Jesus Christ, the message of Jesus Christ still good news? Thank you. Is it still good news to you, for you, for others? Amen. I like this. I like being talked to. (laughs) Well, the Apostle Paul, in the passage we heard, uh, Apostle Paul, the great early church leader, theologian, pastor, summarized the good news of Jesus Christ as God proved his love for us, by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. That's what all of this is about. That's what all of this is about. That's why you got out of bed this morning, even though you might not have known that. We wouldn't be here otherwise, would we? If not for the good news of Jesus Christ working on our behalf, Because of God's grace and mercy, I feel a little loud, this is the good news that we are invited into, invited to receive, to rest in, to accept, to grow in, to live out of. The good news of Jesus Christ is still good news because it is the incredibly gracious, incredible, unrelenting, unending love of God. How often do we forget that? That that is what we are about. Paul says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I memorized the the King James and the NIV, and I have this weird amalgam in my head. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. There are a lot of things that Paul needed to address in his letter to the Romans, to the Christians in Rome, but his main objective was to make sure that they really got it. He wanted to confirm, clarify, convince of the good news of Jesus Christ. So first, in the first few chapters and in the first part of this verse, he lays out the human condition before Christ, B.C., (laughs) before Christ. And in this morning's text, he uses several different words to talk about the human condition, saying that we were powerless, ungodly, helpless, sinners. God even, or Paul even uses the words enemies in verse 10. We were God's enemies, he says, which we might think is pretty harsh. I don't know, I'm a good person, aren't you? I, you know, I don't, I've never been like fighting against God. But if you think about it, we humans wanted to do our own way. We walked away from God. We walked away from God and his ways. And in turning our back on God's ways, we turned our back on God. We became the hostiles, the insurgents, those who were disrupting God's good intention, God's shalom, God's plan for the world. And what Adam and Eve may not have seen or understood and what we often don't see and understand is that when we walk away from God, we walk away from the very life of the world, the very author of life, the very source of anything good, the source of life and all that is good. And in so doing, we chose then the path of self-destruction, the path that leads to death. Our choices and our very lives became corrupted, broken, 
God's image in us, God's intention for us, were deeply broken, deeply corrupted. And our sins led to more sins, and we got so entangled in our sins, we couldn't climb out of the pit that we had dug. And God could have let us stay there. After all, we said, thanks, but no thanks. We could have, he could have thrown in the towel and said, you know, enough of this whole human experiment. Let's just do animals and I. And in Jesus Christ, however, God came to us, to us, his enemies, those who said, thank you very much. We don't want to have anything to do with you. While we were still in a temper with our backs turned, have you ever been that person? You just don't want to be the one to, to, to come back after the argument. You're just like, I was right. They were wrong, by golly. We were in that place, and God came to us when we couldn't climb out of the pit. He came into our world and gave us a way where there was no way. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is a crazy, nonsensical statement in our world. Because in our world, there's no such thing as a free lunch, right? Where everything, even water and clean air and other basic necessities, cost something. Grace doesn't make sense in a world where even compassion has strings attached. You get your act together and then I might care about you. Everything in our world is tit for tat, eye for eye. You put things in the vending machine, things come out. We are used to a society and language about rights and fairness, about person getting his or her due. And yet, here it is. Here it is while we were still sinners. Christ died for us while we were still sinners, not when we had already been scrubbed clean, not when we had everything figured out, not when we had our act together, not when we had finally kept all the rules, not when we had finally appeased God. Jesus died for us while we were still filthy, still corrupted by sin, still dragging our burdens behind us, hopeless, powerless, lost, dead. Astonishing, countercultural, nothing like we've ever seen or heard. If you've ever seen the movie The Mission, I thought about trying to do a clip, but I'm just not that techie. There's an incredible scene where there, this man who had been um, killing off the indigenous people comes to Christ, and he takes it on himself to go to them and ask their forgiveness, and he packs a bag full of old pots and pans and stones and things, and he climbs the waterfall up to where their village is, and he barely makes it. And when he gets to the top and he sees them, he falls on his knees, exhaustion and fear, um, shame. And they come over and they cut the rope of his burden. And it falls back down the waterfall. Powerful. You have to watch it. It's a, it's a hard movie to watch, so maybe just find that click, clip. Um, when we were dragging our burdens behind us, before we even knew that there was a God, before we had any hope of an escape, of a rescue, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Another one of the central beliefs of our society is individual merit and good, honest work. If you work hard enough, if you're faithful enough, things work out. 
I should qualify that, but I won't. We are taught to be self-sufficient as much as possible, to set goals, to achieve, to work hard, to accomplish things, and be productive. We value accomplishment so much that we don't treat people well who aren't productive in some way. Look at how we treat the disabled or the elderly. We judge people who can't seem to get their act together, don't we? And if we are honest with ourselves, it's much more comfortable <laughs> that way. It's much more comfortable to earn our own way because that's about us and our accomplishment, what we have done. That way we control the outcome. <laughs> and that way we get all the attention and the glory. And for some of us, this grace thing will be the hardest part of the good news. Because we have built our lives around our, the identity about what we have built for ourselves. Our identity is in our hard work, our grit, our independence. We don't need help from anyone else. But grace means it's not about us. Grace means admitting that we are weak. Admitting that we need help, that we needed an intervention beyond us. Depending on mercy means it's not about us anymore. We are no longer in control. And that's scary. That's a scary place to be. For some of us, grace will be hard to accept because we have built our lives on earning other people's approval or meeting other people's expectations of us. And this is our own version of control, as much as it looks like being a good person or helpful or likable, but we're doing something in order to control the outcome, to guarantee an outcome, thinking that God has to accept us because we are, by golly, likable, good, helpful people. We're so nice. We do everything for everybody else. We have our ducks in a row. God ought to let us into heaven. <laughs> I have tried to live like that, to please people by Please God by pleasing other people. To earn God's approval by earning other people's approval. My friends, A, it doesn't work. <laughs> B, it nearly killed me. I can tell you more about that some other day. But trying to earn God's favor is like running on a treadmill that never stops. You run and you run and you never go anywhere. You run and you run and it never stops. There's not one of those red things that, that you fall off and it, it stops. See, we, what we need to understand is that we on our own are broken beyond repair. It's not just about God fixing one part just like the little spiritual part of us. Right? God needs to rebuild the whole engine. Rebuild the whole house. Dig up the foundation. Put in a new one. We need total, utter conversion. Total life um, transformation. We are saved only because of his great love. Because in his love he had pity on us. He intervened on our behalf. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If this is true, if God offers us forgiveness that we do not deserve, how is it that the church, which has been built on the foundation of God's mercy, has become so merciless? 
This is the question that Pastor Doug Bixby asks in his book, The Honest to God Church. Good book. He says, if grace is good enough for God, should it not be good enough for us? If grace is good enough for God, is it not good enough for us? As Christians, we claim to believe in salvation by, by grace through faith, however it goes. That grace, through God's grace, we have peace with each other. And yet, as church people, we are sometimes some of the most mean, ungracious, hard-hearted people around. People who disagree with us, who vote differently than us, who look differently than us, who live differently than us, even who cross a church leader, are seen as pariahs. Somehow, somehow they're not worthy of grace anymore. But Jesus came to us before we had even created the doctrine of salvation to believe in. Jesus came to us before we believed in justification by faith through grace. Jesus came to us before we had enjoyed a religious experience, before we had our act together. Knowing that we are the recipients of God's unlimited, unconditional, no-strings-attached grace, live out of, into, rest in that grace. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We are surrounded by people who need to hear the good news. We are surrounded by people who are broken, if we are honest with ourselves that it's us. We are surrounded, or we are, the people who are shattered by evil, abuse, People stuck in bad decisions, chained by generations of sin. People oppressed, disillusioned. People like us who need God. Every day we see people who need to experience God's grace, who need a reason to keep going, who need to hear about this amazing love, mercy beyond mercy. But people try anything but the church to meet that need, don't they? I read a story about someone who asked a prostitute why she didn't go to church, and she said, church, why would I go there? They would just make me feel worse. True story. My high school youth pastor once said something that I'll never forget. He told us that we weren't better than non-Christians. He said we might be better off, but we're not better. We're not, we might be better off because of the grace of Jesus Christ, but we are not better. And don't forget it. If we truly receive God's grace, we should show grace to other people. Our capacity to accept grace is closely connected with our capacity to give it. Our capacity to accept it and receive it and live out of it is closely connected to our capacity to give it. I know it's not my scrubbed face, face that got me into heaven. It's not my scrubbed face that got God's forgiveness. So I have no place to demand that someone else scrub their face before I will even tell them about the good news. If it's true that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, we can't ask other people to be saints before they even approach God. 
While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Has the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ transformed you? Has it healed you? Has it set you free from running on that treadmill? Set you free from the chains of approval? Has it set you free from that need to earn it? Has it set you free? Has it set you free to love and be loved? My friends, may we, the church, welcome all people into our midst, no matter how dirty, how messed up, no matter from what walk of life. Because that was us, <laughs> if not but for the grace of God. It probably still is us, if not for the grace of God. Jesus came into our mess. And he still comes into our mess. He comes into our pain. He comes into our shame. He comes into the mistakes that we made, the failures that we've made. Jesus is there. In fact, I think he's like, woohoo, I have work to do. <laughs> woohoo, maybe they'll finally realize that they need me. May we show love to all those who are in need around us, inviting them into God's presence. And may we go out, because people don't come to church anymore, so I should have said that. May we go out and show the grace and love of Jesus and be people of grace. And may when we are cut, when people cut us, may we bleed grace. Uh, let's pray, and I want to give you uh, some time to think about this. Have you been healed by grace? Have you been transformed by grace? Do you believe it for yourself? Have you accepted it? Heavenly Father, this is good news for us, and yet so, it can be so hard for us to believe because it seems too good to be true. Lord Jesus, I pray that you will move among us Perhaps there is someone here this morning who has never heard the good news of God's unconditional, amazing grace. That it's not up to them to fix themselves or to fix the world. That that is your job. Maybe there is someone here today who is tired of running on the treadmill. Would you speak words of love and grace and rest into their lives? And maybe there's someone here who needs to be challenged. Oh, we all can think of someone we need to forgive. Someone we need to love, to seek to understand, to be curious rather than judgmental. Do your work among us now, God. God, it is by your grace that we are here. We can't understand it. We can't grasp it. And yet the truth is there. While we were still sinners, you came to us 
when we had our backs turned, you turned, you chased after us. Let us be converted to the good news again and again and again. Help us to receive your love and your grace and your mercy and in turn be so healed and changed and transformed that we become continually become like you in our grace, our mercy, and our love for others. May we be people of the good news. Thank you, Jesus.